Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Del Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. My friends, I'm going to make an argument today to the fact that it's very hard to become financially free if you yourself are not free. You're not emotionally free, psychologically free. How is it possible you can become financially free? And I'm going to hearken back to a conversation that I created a long time ago after reading a book called Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. And he has a chapter on in there called The Maturity Continuum. And his argument in this Maturity Continuum argument is basically that people grow up, but they don't mature. You become taller older, maybe even smarter, but you don't become more mature. You don't grow as an individual to the point where you are more self-reliant, more independent. And so I came up with an analogy 25, 30 years ago after reading this about financial maturity continuum and how it really works. So I put together this whole philosophy that I've been teaching now for some 30 years about how people neglect to grow, neglect to mature financially. And so let's start with the maturity continuum and let's build on that. First of all, there's three stages of becoming mature. There's dependency. The next level is independency. And the third level is interdependency. Now, we're going to start back down at dependency because most people never get out of dependency. What is dependency? Dependency is where you rely on someone else to dole out to you financially the amount of money that they prescribe that you're worth. That's my definition of financial dependency. So where do we learn Well, from very early age in life, people teach us to be dependent. And, of course, the natural reality of it is is when you're a baby, you are dependent. If they don't feed you, you die. So you learn that mommy and daddy or whoever it is that raises you, they give you everything. They give you sustenance and that you can't survive without them. Now, as you become older from being a baby... You notice that all babies start to exert some will, some free will, and some self-determining factors in their life. What parents try to do, however, is to crush those back. They try to make you conform. Parents do it, then later school does it. And it's even worse now that the liberals have taken over because they don't want you to think about anything. If you don't think the way they want you to think, you don't act the way they want you to act, you don't do what they want you to do, then they just cancel you. They excommunicate you from society. But let's go back even before the cancel culture and get back into the reality of raising a child. 
what do we do? We try to train this child to fit into society. And society works like this. All right, little Billy, you need to clean your room. I'm telling you, you need to clean your room. But I don't want to clean my room. Well, you have to clean your room. And they start telling you what you have to do. All right, as a parent, I understand that. You've, you would like to get them trained. Just like you don't want your dog to go to the bathroom in your house, you train your dog to go outside. We train our cats to go in the litter box. We train pets and we train our kids to do what we want them to do because they are dependent on us. If we don't feed those cats and dogs, they die. And they know that. And they know that if they don't succumb to our will, then they won't get the sustenance they need. Now, you can also go into the nurturing and the loving and whatever. But the bottom line is, an animal's first instinct is to go for food and water. And a baby's first instinct to go for food and water. But then after that, as they grow older, they want more than food and water. And you notice that your cats want to climb things and your dog wants to bark at things. And you don't want them to do that. And your kid wants to do things. And you don't want them to do that. You do not want free will in your kid. And so you train it out of them. And how do you do that? You send them to school, which makes them walk in a straight line up and down the hall, one right behind the other. Go to the bathroom at the same time when couldn't possibly everybody have to go to the bathroom at the same time. Go out into the playground and play at the same time. And then all come back and sit in a little desk. And the little desks are in little rows. And you're creating little conformists. And at first, what is the sustenance? The sustenance is love, affection from your parents. If you do the right thing, they give you love and affection. Of course, food. And water and shelter. When you go to school, they give you praise and grades and popularity. But it's all pretty quo pro. You give me what I want, I'll give you what you want. And so we are trained at a very early on age to be dependent. Without the confirmation of those around us, we're not happy. So women dress in ridiculous ways to get confirmation. Minorities dress in ridiculous ways to get confirmation. You look at some of the people, some of the stuff that people come out of their house dressed in, and you go, and then you see multiple of them all dressed the same way. You go, what in the heck? But they're getting, they're getting confirmation from their peers, from their social equals. And so if one of them decides to make their hair purple, another one decides to get tattoos, another one decides piercings, they all just follow right in line. Why? Because that is the definition of dependent. You're dependent on the feelings that other people give you. Now, at some point in life, you start trying to want more freedom. And you find out eventually freedom is paired with money. It's not the money, it's the lifestyle. It's really a disingenuous statement because with no money, there is no lifestyle. So you need some amount of money to have a lifestyle. And so you start seeking money. It starts out with, Dad, I need an allowance. Okay, then you do X, Y, Z, and I'll give you an allowance. And then here's where it gets more interesting. 
Dad, I'm no longer 10 years old anymore, 12 years old. I'm now a teenager, Dad. It costs me more to exist on this earth. I have things I have to buy and places I have to be to fit in, to be able to get my social sustenance, my food and water and shelter and clothing. I now want more things out of life. And to do that, I need money. So, Dad, I'm dependent on you. Mom, I'm dependent on you. Give me more money. And you go, honey, why more money? You're not doing more stuff for us. In fact, you're doing less stuff for us. Why should you get paid more money from us to do more stuff for you? Because mom and dad, that's the way the world works. It's called a COLA. All labor unions came up with it years ago. It's called the cost of living increase, dad. It costs more to be a punk kid now than it did a year ago. It costs more to be 15 than it was 14. I need a coal. I need a cost of living increase. Well, what are you going to do for me? Nothing. Except be dependent on you for everything I have. Today we're talking about the maturity continuum and how basically people never really mature. They grow up, they grow older, but they just get more dependent on other people. So in the first segment, we talked about being a child and you're going through your parents' dependency and then asking them for money, then asking them for more money, asking raises in your allowance, more freedom, more financial freedom from them, more decision-making on their policy. But the bottom line is you still have to go to your parents to get money. You are dependent almost 100%. Some kids get a little side job to buy a little bit of freedom. But then they're dependent on their parents and their boss. Now they got the boss telling them what to do and the parents telling them what to do. When you finally get out of college and you, you know, cut the strings with the parents, now you go out and get a job, do you think you're free now? Most people think that's freedom when they first get a job. But the truth of the matter is it's only just changed who you're dependent to. Now the person pulling your strings is your boss. And if they wanted to cut you off and destroy you, they could cut you off and destroy you at any moment if you don't do what they want you to do. Again, we're in the conformist lifestyle where somebody else is telling you how to act. Notice that people all the time say something on Facebook, get kicked out of their jobs. You see this happening in all public places. You just can't say anything that they don't want you to say, can't do anything they don't want you to do, or you lose your job. You can even do a good job on your job, and because the company doesn't see need for you anymore, they can cut you off and you lose your job. You are totally dependent on these jobs. You saw it happen during COVID. In COVID, all these people that were dependent on jobs, when they shut all the jobs down, had nowhere to go to get money. So the government had to print money, had to give money to people. So people think, wow, I'm no longer dependent on my boss. I'm now dependent on the government. The Democrats want you to be dependent on them. They want you to come begging to them for more money. So they did everything they could do to get you off of work. In fact, they've created so much of an incentive to not work, that people aren't going back to work now that there's even jobs available. So you see what it does to you. Dependency turns you into a slave. Now, let's go up the ladder. I want you to consider the ladder of success in life. You're working at McDonald's, you're a slave. You become the supervisor at McDonald's, you have a little more power, but you're still a slave to McDonald's. You become even a president of a company 
as you move up. You make more and more money. And your, and your goal in every corporate America job there is out there, every company job there is out there, is to move up the ladder of success, thinking it's someplace along the ladder. And I want you to think, get a visual in front of you right now, people standing on a ladder closely right behind each other on the ladder. And then I want you to think of a couple statements. Number one, crap always goes which way? Downhill. So when something bad happens, who gets the brunt of all the crap that just happened? Well, the guy on the lower ends of the ladder, right? Number two, if you look upward from where you're at on the ladder, what do you see? And the scenery never changes. You're always behind somebody else looking at their success wanting what they have and having no way to get around them on the ladder unless you knock them off the ladder. So you see, friends, it doesn't matter whether you make 100 grand a year or 200 grand a year or 500 grand a year, you're still on that ladder. Now, when you get to the very top of the ladder and you work for a corporation, you think you're there. Well, that's because you've only got maybe four or five people called a board of directors that can knock you off now. So what is it that Covey talks about emotionally detaching from that dependency and becoming independent, no longer need other people's approval. He's talking psychologically. I'm talking financially. How do you get away from being dependent? And the way I did it was I went out and bought some rent houses. And within a very short period of time, two and a half years of buying rent houses, I had replaced my corporate America income completely with this passive income. Now, at this point, when you become independent, I was independent, but I wasn't retired. I had a job, which made me dependent there. I had my own business, which made me independent. But being independent, and by the way, I call being dependent having a job. No matter what your job is, it's a job. And I call being independent being owning the job. In other words, I now owned all these houses, but I didn't own them. They owned me. I had to take care of renting them. I had to take care of getting them made ready. I didn't do the work. Well, when I first started, I was dumb enough. I did a lot of the work, but you shouldn't. Eventually, I had other people do all the work, but I had to still manage the business. So now I was managing the business. I was working in the business, but I own the business. Now, what's the difference there? Number one, nobody told me what to do. I did what I thought was right. I was now in the situation where if I was right and there was a massive gain, the gain went to me. Number two, leverage. I worked in corporate America and I saw that I was producing hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of sales a month for the company I work for. And it all trickled back down to me to this little teeny tiny check. But when I created hundreds of thousands of dollars in my own companies, it trickled down into a very large check because the leveraging fact, which made a business work, a business does not work unless you have money and people and skills and knowledge that's not yours at work, leveraging what you can do in life. And when you leverage what you can do in life, then you can make lots of money. And that is being independent. Now, there's a couple things about being independent. One guy was, I was at a seminar one time and he said, look, Dell, I have an independent business. It's a turnkey business. And I go, what do you mean by turnkey? He says, if I don't get up every day and go to work, turn the key on the front door, then we have no business. And I laughed and I said, okay, I get what you're saying. So there's a difference between working in a business and working on a business. 
And typically what we want to learn to do is become independent by building a business that we don't work in at all. So we grow towards that by hiring and training people to take different parts of what we do as an entrepreneur. And an entrepreneur generally has to be the jack of all trades and probably not the master of any of them. Whereas a guy who's an expert painter starts a company, he's a great painter, knows nothing about the business of being a paint company. Or a plumber that's a great plumber knows nothing about the business of being a plumbing company. And on and on and on and on. Guy can fix cars perfectly, does not know how to run the garage business. And that's where people get into the independent part of their life and they get frustrated. They go, man, it was easier when I got up every day and just went and fixed cars. I got my paycheck at the end of the week. I went fishing and boating on Saturday and Sunday, got drunk, came back to work Monday and did it all over again, but didn't have to worry about the business. And hey, if we had a bad month, who cares? But when I own my own business, now I have to care. That's the difference between dependent and independent. The big win against the big loss. We went from 100% live to 100% virtual. And you know, the funny thing is, is that nobody wants to go back to work now that work from home, right? So now my members are like, well, Dell, we want to keep those virtual things open because now I know all the people in Miami and I know all the people in Chicago. I know all the people now know each other from all over the country because of these virtual events. The free workshop, How to Retire in Five Years or Less, is online. Go to lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Today we're talking about the maturity continuum, how people grow up, get taller, get older, may even get smarter, but they don't get more mature. They act the same lifestyle out that they've acted out their entire life, which is to be dependent on someone else out there. Now, we talked about the first step of maturity is to get away from being dependent to being independent. And independency means you have to produce your own income out of your own company, out of your own investments. One of the two, either out of passive investments, out of your own company. Now, there's a book out there that talks about this. It's very good. It's called The E-Myth or The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. And Michael Gerber talks about the fact that the E-Myth stands for entrepreneurial myth. People think they're entrepreneurs because they start a paint company because they know how to paint. Or they start any company out of the idea that I could do it for somebody else. Now I'll do it for myself. And just doing it for yourself, going into business for yourself, doesn't mean you are an entrepreneur because entrepreneurs figure out how to create solutions to problems without making it a full-time job for themselves. They create a system around which things work. And that's the difference between being dependent and then being independent, but still dependent upon your job. In other words, you become a slave to the job. Or as I like to say, when you're dependent, you have a job. When you're independent, you may actually own a job. In other words, you own a company, that creates you a job. And many people make no more money with their company than they would doing the job. So I always ask people to do this. You want to figure out if you're successful, stop working in your company. Take whatever it is you do and give it to somebody else to do and pay them to do it. Now what happens? Now the company doesn't make any money. Well, you're not a successful business person, are you? You have to learn to do that. So when I first started buying rent houses, I'd go in and do my own cleaning and painting and stuff. Of course, you think you're saving money, but really you're just doing work. And eventually you learn to give up doing the painting and give up doing the cleaning and eventually give up doing the, the repairs. 
And eventually you see that you don't really need to do much. And then you're just renting them and collecting rent and doing the accounting. And eventually when you buy yourself a small apartment complex, now you have a manager and now you don't even do the renting and you have a maintenance man that does all the maintenance. And then when you get to larger properties, you actually end up hiring bookkeepers and accountants to do the accounting. So you do nothing. So now owning an apartment complex, you actually are independent. You don't work in your business. I always talk about this. To have passive income, you have to be able to say to yourself, I looked up the org chart, and I have no job on that org chart at all. I'm not this. I'm not that. I'm nothing. I'm nothing. If I went away to work, went out of the state, out of the country, whatever, for vacation for 30 days, I come back, my company will do just as well as I have. It was interesting to me was I started figuring this out about 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I don't know, and I started giving away jobs. I first gave away jobs like doing the accounting of my company at Lifestyles, and I gave away all the uh, IT stuff first. The IT stuff went first because I don't know how to do that. Then the accounting stuff went. Then the real estate realty stuff went. And just going down the line, I started giving stuff away. I started giving away all the educational materials, creations of, because I'm not a good writer. And then I stopped doing the creations of the materials, and then I started last thing I gave up was consulting because I love helping people. But then I gave away the single family consulting. Then I gave away the small multifamily consulting. And then I gave away all the consulting. And, you know, each time I gave something away, I lost, I felt terrible that I was giving it away. I mean, one, you feel like you're losing control. But number two, you feel like you're losing the love of being in there fighting the good fight, right? But all it is is making you a slave. You're working as much, if not harder, owning your own company than you would be out there just having a job. Then I had to eventually start giving away jobs like I created a vice presidents of each division so I didn't have to manage the divisions. And then I finally brought on an executive VP to handle all of the VPs. And basically, I bought myself some freedom. And I've allowed that freedom to grow as I allowed the executive VP to gain more of the operational powers and day-to-day operations. And it's been the best thing that ever happened to the company. See, I didn't say me. It's okay with me too, but it's the best thing ever happened to the company because you can't baby a company and the company grow. There's not enough room for a company to grow under the tutelage of one person. It needs a team. And so the next step in maturity continuum is to move from that independent stage where you're everything. If you want something done right, do it yourself is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. You can't trust anybody except yourself. Everybody out there wants to steal from you. All these are things that that entrepreneurs believe, independent people believe, but they're wrong. You just don't know how to hire. In fact, I found out very early in life I didn't know how to hire. I I let other people hire because they were meaner than I was. I was like, hey, you seem like a nice person, and you're pretty smart. Okay, I'll hire you. Other people go, Dell, you didn't see that person. Five seconds, I read right through them. I'm like, okay, okay. I don't have that skill set either. I can't hire, et cetera, et cetera. So you get to this last thing called interdependent. And to be interdependent is like I own a company. And when you look on the org chart, I'm not on the org chart. I don't do anything. Now, I have an official name somewhere up there called CEO. Whatever. I've yet to figure out what a CEO is. I'm president and I'm yet to know what a president is because I got an executive VP that does everything. I guess I could give the executive VP the title president. I don't know what that matters. But the bottom line is, is that I've given away all of the day-to-day decisions in the company. 
only the long-term ones, and I hold on to the ethics decisions, and not that I'm the one enforcing all the ethics, but I'm the one that says these are our ethics, and this is what this company will do, and this is where we're going to grow, and this is what our goals are. Those are my job, I guess. But when you look at this, my apartment complexes, I've even got supervisors that do all that. So I've, I've got like eight, nine apartment complexes I'm in. I don't do any of that. In fact, some of them I've never even seen because there's other people doing it all. So there's no need. So when you really get to this level where you're interdependent, now you ask yourself a question. What is the limitation on being independent? We already know the limitation on being dependent. It's whatever your boss wants to pay you, and that's it. But being independent, what's the limitation? Well, there is a limitation. That is, how hard and how long are you willing to work? You, every time you add something new to your company, there's more for you to follow. But when you become interdependent, you can add new divisions without any additional work to you. I've actually added new divisions, and I've added new companies. More and more new companies. We now have a real estate company in Houston, Dallas, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, Phoenix, and I think we just opened up in Atlanta. And I've never even been to the Atlanta office. I've been to the Phoenix office once. And how do you do this? Well, I have people that run all those operations. And that's being interdependent. I laugh all the time. I figured this out about 20 years ago. I don't have a key, not a key to any one of my apartment complexes or to any of my businesses. I don't have a code to get in the doors. I don't know the alarm codes. So you tell, why wouldn't you know your own alarm codes and have a key? Because if I have a key and know the alarm code, somebody might one day call me and say, Dell, will you open? Or someday somebody might say, Dell, could you close? I had an emergency. Could you go over and close? And my answer in both cases is no, I don't have a key and I don't know the codes. Somebody else has to open. Somebody else has to close. Figure it out. It's not me. Well, what if there's a fire? I'm not a fireman. Don't call me. Call the fire department. Well, what about getting it fixed? Call the insurance company. I don't have anything I do except go, wow, we had a fire. What did you do to fix it? You did that? Oh, oh, that's pretty smart. Okay, good. These are the things that you have to learn to mature. You have to learn to grow to the point where you trust other people and hire the right people, which becomes one of the most valuable skills you'll ever have, which is and knowledgeable things to do is to know that you have to take forever to hire and you have to instantly fire. Most people hire quick and fire slow. Successful business people hire slow, grow people through the company, and then fire quickly people who don't fit the culture. That's what you have to understand. Today we're talking about the maturity continuum. And on the first three segments of the show, I've taken you through number one, dependency, which most of us live our entire lives in, where for every dollar we get, we get it from somebody else who we work for, or the government, one of the two. And both of those people have the total control manipulation of our quality and or the sustenance of our life. Step number two, if you can mature. Now, remember, you can get old, you can get bigger, you can get taller, you can get smarter, you can get fatter, and you can get everything, but except more mature. To be more mature, you have to do something that is more difficult in that you have to go out there and learn how to earn income on your own without working for somebody else. You do that either by starting your own company or by having passive streams of income, one of the two. 
that independent situation allows for you to eventually break away from your dependency and have a free life. However, your free life could be completely filled with working yourself to death until you learn how to change yourself from a work-in-the-business type entrepreneur to a work-on-the-business type entrepreneur. So the next level is once you start working on the business and not in it, and you are now interdependent. You are depending on people who are dependent on you. In other words, you have employees that are depending on you. You're dependent on the employees to take care of the business. You're interdependent. Now, you do not need them to survive. They need you to survive but you need them to run your business. So it is a co-beneficial factor that allows people to work in unison to accomplish bigger and better things. But to do that, you have to take yourself out of that cycle completely by only creating the business, owning the business, and directing the business from afar. You can't work in the business. You can't have a key to the door. You can't have codes to the alarm. You can't get up and go to work every day. You can't show up at the office because showing up at the office is disruptive. I'm going to go to the first live seminar that we're going to have since COVID started tomorrow night. I am all freaked out about how much I will mess up the whole production process because they have it down pat to do it without me. It gets done all the time. They thought they wanted to have me come back since it's the first time live backs, you know, sort of, you know, hey, come on back, Dell, and bring us on back online. And I'm thinking, okay, I have no problem doing that. But the second I do that, what am I disrupting? What part of the presentation is going to be changed or just disallowed because my time up there in front of people. And I think that's a very important process that needs to be thought through before you just go sticking your nose in the business. So tomorrow I will tiptoe through the tulips as I go in there because I really don't want to disrupt the process that has been developed to exist without me and succeed without me. So where do you go? Well, the one thing about being interdependent is there's no limitations for you because you can always borrow more people's time. You can borrow more knowledge and you can borrow more money. So in other words, you can start any business you want because you don't even have to be an expert at the business because you can borrow other people's expertise at the business, throw it in with money you borrowed from other people to create the business, and you don't even have to work in the business. You have other people's time, other people's money, other people's knowledge, and other people's credit. You can even use other people's credit. And so, hence, there's no limitation to the number of businesses you can start. Last year, I started, I think, three, four more businesses. And uh, this year, I'm going to start. I've already got one started this year. I'm doing three more in the next month or so. So I will have four more new businesses that I started. So when you think about this, you say, why do you do that? Well, you do that because you can. You do that because your money starts to build up and you need to do something with it so it just doesn't sit there and earn nothing. And you do that because of this next level. At some point in your life, you want to be successful. And being successful is a point where you start to give back. One of the things that I've gotten to in success here in life uh, over the last 10 years and is interesting to me is that I keep teaching people to be self-employed, entrepreneurial, successful entrepreneurs who get wealthier and wealthier and wealthier, actually fairly quickly nowadays, if they do it right. So you get pretty wealthy pretty quick. And yet I say to them, when is it ever over? And there's always one more apartment complex, Dell, just one more deal. Come on, one more, and then I'll be okay. Then they get that one more, then it's another one, then it's another one, another. And there are people out there who are just workaholics, and there's other people out there that are egomaniacs, and they're driven to work, 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 own more, own more, be richer, richer, richer. 
But many of them, when they're that way, you notice they lose their wives, their family, or reverse wives. They lose their husbands. They lose their spouse. They lose their kids because that's not success in life. So what is success? Success is when you've taken yourself out of the job, made yourself a passive income only person by either owning companies that you own but don't work in or by owning passive streams of income, some type of investment, and have gotten yourself to the amount of income where you don't need anymore. Now, not needing anymore might be different than wanting anymore, but you don't want anymore to the extent that you're willing to keep yourself busy all the time just to get it, which leads to your last level of success. I suggest to you that this point in your life is the point where you start to give back. And if you don't have enough in this world to give back in this world, you don't have enough. Now think about what I'm saying. Just think of it as a physiological thing. If you don't have enough, that's a number. That's a volume. If you don't have enough in your life to give some of it away, then you don't have enough. And I defy you to call yourself successful. Brag to me and other people you're successful if you don't have enough. Somewhere along the line, to claim to be successful, you have to be able to claim to have enough to give some of it away, to give some of it back, to help other people. And when you get there, then life really will be true when you say it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. That is a definition of success. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.